Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I'm your host, The Commish. This particular show is a show that will give you my first 10 picks of the NFL Mock Draft. Yes, this draft will take place at the end of April. This is probably one of the most exciting times of the year if you're a football fan and you cannot wait to watch which guys will go in the first round of the NFL Draft. This draft will be held in Las Vegas this year, home of the Raiders. And this is going to be an exciting draft. I think, you know, for what we've seen during college football season, the Senior Bowl, North-South Bowl, Pro Day, Combine, I think we've got it together. I think we know which guys are going to go in the order of what's necessary for these teams to make their selection. So I will go into the mock draft shortly. But before I go into that, I got more NFL news to give you because that's what I do, especially on this particular episode. The Rams signed Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner is a guy that I wanted Washington desperately to sign. And they didn't. I guess they felt like they didn't need a Bobby Wagner. But I think what really makes this even more troublesome is that there's a lot of other teams that didn't want or need a Bobby Wagner. Really? Was it because of the fact that this man wanted $11 million a year? Is that the reason why we didn't want Bobby Wagner? How silly is that? You mean to tell me if Von Miller could go out there and get $120 million with the Bills and this man couldn't get $11 million for a year with any team? So what you're telling me is Von Miller is better than Bobby Wagner? Now, maybe it's splitting hairs here, but last I saw Bobby Wagner, he looked pretty good. Now, he probably wasn't as sharp as he was with the Legion of Boom. He probably didn't look the same as he did when he won the championship several years back, but this is still Bobby Wagner that was a captain of that team. And the only reason why he's not with Seattle is because they just couldn't afford the man. They don't think he's worthy of $11 million a year. Interesting. Very interesting. So he signs with the Rams. Five years, 50 mil. Of which his contract can go up to 65 mil, if I'm correct. That's a lot of that's a lot of dough. And it seems like the Rams feel in their hearts that they can afford a Bobby Wagner. So for that, I say excellent. Why? Because he's still within the NFC West. He's still in probably the second best division in football. Up there with the AFC West. I'm, I'm sorry. I know the AFC North was my division. I've said that for the longest time, how much I love the AFC North and who they brought to the table. But you know what? After seeing all the moves recently in the AFC West, you can't help but think that the AFC West is now the division you don't want to mess with. Unfortunately for the NFC East, they already took their time with the AFC West this past season. So they might have to worry too much about some of those teams there. But Bobby Wagner is still within the NFC West. So he still gets to play against Seattle twice, Arizona twice, and San Fran twice. He is still a menace. This man is an assassin. He will go after your knees, not literally go to you but he will go after you in any ways necessary to take you out and he's physical 
and I think he's still alert. I think he still has quick feet. I still he I, I still believe that this man could still play some ball for they said five years. I will say five years. Barring injury, of course. Bobby Wagner's a good pickup for the Rams. All things considered, what they did this past season with the Rams, it just makes a great deal of sense. We still need this defense to show and prove. We still need this defense to shine against San Fran, against Arizona, and definitely against Seattle. So congratulations to the Rams doing the right thing. Because if I was GM of any team outside of the Rams, even even with Seattle, I'd make sure I get this guy back on the squad. I know how valuable of a player he is. And I think he'll be just fine there with that Rams organization. Here's a shocker. The Buccaneers, outside of having Coach Bruce Arians coming into front office after retiring, as being the coach for the Buccaneers, Julian Edelman signs with the Buccaneers. Is anybody out there scratching their heads regarding this? I don't know what people are thinking, and I, I also don't know what the organization, the Buccaneers, are thinking, signing Julian Edelman, knowing that they have a young receiving core that is just as good with or without Edelman. The question becomes if Rob Gronkowski comes back, and he ain't coming back. This guy is hurt. This guy is in pain. I get it. He took a beating, had a collapsed lung this past season. There's no reason why he needs to come back. But I can say the same thing about Edelman. There's no reason why he needs to come back. He needs to stay where he is. Enjoy his nightlife. If he has a nightlife, enjoy your daylight. Sit there, listen to jazz, have some wine, look at some pictures from back in the day. Whatever it is you used to do to this point, continue that. Because truth be told, the Buccaneers can't use you the way that the Patriots used you. You will be exposed like a sore on your neck or a sore on your thumb. Whatever the case may be, you will be exposed. There's nothing you can do outside of assisting Tom Brady in route running. Left, right, hot route, left, hot route. What more can this man do? He can't block for you. I doubt if he throws any passes without getting licked. What's the purpose of signing Julian Edelman? Is it it a necessity just to have somebody that Tom Brady can feel comfortable with on his team? Somebody he can rely on in the clutch? I mean, it, it makes no sense to me. And maybe the Buccaneers have money to burn. Maybe this is what this is all about. Money to burn. People that they know they can put in that position to do the job that Tom Brady is looking for. He won't get that out of Gronk. He won't get that out of AB. Those ships have all sailed. So now I got to find another weapon that I can rely on to do that same job that these guys used to do. And so Julian makes sense, but it doesn't make sense to the commission. I don't have any figures of how much he's receiving. It may not even be relevant. It could just be for the love of Brady. Knowing that Brady's coming out of retirement after he decide, I'm not, I'm going to retire now. I'm not going to retire. Maybe it's just the whole idea, the feeling, the emotion of being with a person that you know has your back. So for that, I say congratulations to Julian Edelman. 
I hope he's there for the length of time that's necessary, but I am not holding my breath. And with that being said, I'm going to spend about two minutes talking about Bruce Arians and maybe another minute or two talking about Todd Bowles. Because Todd Bowles now becomes the new head coach of the reigning champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is redeemed as head coach after spending some time with the New York Jets before going to Tampa Bay. He wins a championship with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their defense that I still think is still electric. It's still one of the better defenses in the league. I would probably put them in the top 10 or 15 defenses in the league. He controls both assets, both offense and defense, but I'm pretty sure he'll rely on Brian, on Byron Leftwich, the offensive assistant coach, to handle that operation there with Brady and that Buccaneers offense. Now, now see, this is the thing that, that really gets me. The rumor has it, rumor has it, that Brady was thinking about going to Miami. And, you know, whether it makes sense or not for him to go to Miami, we get why he would. He stays in Florida. He goes to a young, already-made team, similar to what we saw in Tampa Bay. I don't think it's so much about money as it is just exposure and being on a team that he can lead to another championship. But the AFC is tough. The AFC is nearly impossible to get through. I mean, we're still talking about the AFC West. We're still talking about the AFC North. I mean, those divisions alone could be destructive. They could really keep you from being where you want to be. So does is Miami really a good fit for Tom Brady at this point? I doubt it. Tom Brady will probably be running for his life. Just within that division alone, Buffalo's defense will be coming after him. New England's defense will be coming after him. And if Coach Salah can get this team together, maybe the Jets' defense will be coming after him in Miami. So maybe it doesn't make sense for him to be in Miami. Maybe that was just all part of a stir. But with him being in Tampa Bay again, you know, it makes sense. I just, I just believe it makes sense. I, I still think he should retire. The one thing you don't want to do is go out there and fail again with a different team. Different team, different coach. Even though you're familiar with Bowles, it's still a different coach. It's not Arians. And and the guys you're playing with, not all of them, not all of them are coming back. Not all of them will be there. You got Leonard Fournette running the ball, great, good for you. But you got guys on the offensive line that have either retired or have moved on. So what are we talking about here with playing with Tampa Bay again? Do you really want to keep yourself from being at home? And spend what what life you have left on the football field, knowing that this could be the end of your career. All it takes is that one pop. The man's gonna be 43 years old, playing his 23rd season with this team. It makes no sense at all. Outside of the love of the game, sometimes that love of the game has to be contained. Sometimes you just have to put it away and understand that your time is up. And I felt that way about Michael Jordan. I felt that way about LeBron James, Magic Johnson, a slew of other people I can recall. Jerry Rice. You know, these guys really felt as though they could go on with other teams and, and be as successful. But you can't. 
that ship has sailed. You are too old. And maybe too old is not the best way to describe it. But for Tom Brady, you're not young. Todd Bowles has to create a system that works for him and what movement he can make within that pocket. It's not going to be simple. And it's going to make Todd Bowles look mediocre. It's going to make that whole organization, it's going to make that offense look mediocre. And I don't think that's not how you would want Todd Bowles to be represented. He deserves his moments as much as probably the next person in line. But I would hate to think that Todd Bowles will miss his mark with Tampa and out the door he goes just like they did in New York. I hope they give him a fighting chance to at least prove to everybody how worthy he is as a head coach for the second time in his tenure. So says Kamish, I'm going to go right into the mock draft. I did my own mock draft. Yes, the commission can do that too. Doesn't take a whole lot. If you're listening to the sounds of my voice, feel free to do what I did. It's actually a lot of fun. It really makes you think about what these teams truly, truly need. It goes without saying that there are still teams that need a quarterback. But do you go after a quarterback in the first round? There are going to be some that will. I have at least two that will. And I'll go over those teams in just a second. But this is my NFL mock draft. The original, the initial mock draft will be the end of April. I want to say the 28th of April. I'll check again, but let's just go with the 28th for now. So I've done my mock draft, and I'm only going to give you the first 10 picks this evening, and I'll give you the other picks with the other evenings to come next week and the week after. Top 10 teams goes a little something like this. The first team of the draft order would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are on the clock, and if I've seen enough of football over the last several months, what I see during the games, during the combine, pro day, north-south game, senior bowl, what I see is enough for me to say that Jordan Davis, one of the fastest defensive linemen in the combine, in the draft, will be the first overall pick for the Jacksonville Jack. And if they don't pick him first, I don't know what else to tell you guys. I can't be the one to sit here and hold anybody by the hand. When I tell you that when you go after Jordan Davis, you're really going after the next Javon Kurtz. And I can't put any better than that. 6'6", 350, he's probably a little bit slimmer than that. Ran a 4'7", four, 4'8", four, in the combine. <laughs> what? This guy's a freak of nature. For Jacksonville to pass up on this guy would be unbelievable. Comes out of Georgia. They just won the championship there. Makes all the sense in the world to me, the commission, that Jordan Davis goes number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two pick in the draft, barring that there aren't any trades, is the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions should and will pick up Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. This guy is 6'6 himself, but a little slender. Maybe a little more agile. Maybe a little bit softer. Who knows? 260. Still a big dude, but he doesn't have that motor like Jordan Davis. Not from what I saw in the combine. Not what I saw on pro day. 
And not from what I saw there in the championship. Michigan had their run too in the BCS, but this is not the same animal. It's not, but it just makes sense at number two that Aiden Hutchinson goes to a familiar territory with the Detroit Lions at the number two pick. Number three pick goes to the Houston Texans. And Houston will go with Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, 6'4", 255. My idea of a hybrid, he could probably play linebacker. He could probably play safety. He's that agile. He's that fast with his feet. Nice lateral movement. That dude's a force. Dude's a beast. I like him for Washington's sake. But I know in my heart, Washington is not going to trade up, take a chance with Kayvon Thibodeau. It'd be a shame considering that you want to try to better your defense. But maybe this is not the direction you want to go in. But for Houston, they will. They'll get him number three overall in the draft. Number four goes to the New York Jets. Shout out to the Jets. You need this draft in the worst way. And because of that, you will get Drake London, receiver from USC, 6'4". You see what I'm going with this? A lot of tall dudes, a lot of big dudes, a lot of fast dudes. Drake London has been considered one of the best receivers in the draft. And I got to believe with the Jets sitting there, they need weapons for Zach Wilson to throw to. And I got to believe he is the best receiver to go at that position number four. It would be a shame if the Jets do not pick up Drake London. Because I know the next team, whatever team that needs a receiver, probably will. The next team in the draft order would be the New York Giants. Shout out to the Giants. They get two in the first 10 picks. And with that being said, the fifth overall pick is a toss-up. It's a coin toss. But I'm leaning towards Ikem Nwanu, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State, 6'4", 3". This guy was agile to combine. This guy was moving all over the place. Nice feet. Strong upper body. Fast himself. Probably the best offensive lineman in the draft as of this moment. Again, I said it's a coin toss. People can argue to somebody else, and I'll bring up that name in a second, but Ekwanu makes sense for the Giants in that offensive line because Daniel Jones desperately needs another tackle. He can play the weak side for him and do amazing things for that Giants offense. The number six team would be the Carolina Panthers. They pick six, and the person that they're going to get looks a lot like his college teammate. They will go after Trayvon Walker, defensive end from Georgia, 6'5", 280. Man, listen, if, if these guys, if any of these teams, GMs, presidents included, pass up on these guys in the first top 10 pick, they are fooling themselves because they're not wanting to win football games. They just want to do the right business. They will do things the right way. This is not the right way. You go after the best talent you can right here. It really doesn't make a difference how many picks you have in the first round. Take advantage of every opportunity that you can to get these guys while you can because you don't want to pass up on talent like this and then regret it later on in your career. Trayvon Walker, another fast dude to combine from Georgia. 
Like I said, he's 6'5", 280. He's a beast himself. I got to believe Carolina's going to go with this guy and be happy and comfortable with this guy. Number seven goes back to the New York Giants. This is where they go from selecting an offensive player to going to selecting a defensive player. And they'll go after the best safety in the draft with Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. It just makes a great deal of sense. You want to try to improve both sides of the ball, both offense and defense. Kyle Hamilton goes to the Giants, number seven. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Now, I'm not going to go on a tangent about Atlanta. I did that last episode. And I know where they stand now, where they will need a quarterback. And having Marcus Mariota may not feel very comfortable to me. And if I'm the owner of this team or off the blank, after passing up on Michael Vick when he did, and passing up now on Matt Ryan when he did, he's going to have to find another franchise quarterback that can somehow fill those shoes. He can't take the chance of waiting the second round for those quarterbacks to come to him. So why not get Kenny Pickett right now? Quarterback out of Pittsburgh, 6'3", 220. Some may argue he's the best quarterback to go so early in the first round. Maybe some people feel comfortable with the fact that he did such an outstanding job at the University of Pittsburgh. Had a pretty decent game there that bowl. I think it might have been the Sugar Bowl. I don't remember. Please don't hold it against the commissioner. So many bowl games. But he had a good one. And I think Atlanta's going to need him down the stretch to throw the ball to these guys he's going to put together on offense. And that guy be, of course, Arthur Smith, the coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Give me Kenny Pickett at number eight going to the Atlanta Falcons. Number nine will be the Seattle Seahawks by way of trade with the Denver Broncos. Seattle needs a quarterback too, but after seeing Kenny Pickett go, I don't know if they're going to bite on a quarterback just yet. I don't think so. So we got to better that offensive line. This is what Russell really wanted before he was sent out to Denver. Let's try to make that offensive line better by getting Evan Neal from Alabama. 6'7", 350, next best offensive lineman to go. It makes all the sense in the world. Because I got to believe this guy drops to 11 with Washington. They were going to touch. They're going to take this guy big time. He can do a good job of blocking the weak side and the strong side. They have an offensive line. Evan Neal from Alabama with the number nine pick to Seattle. Number 10 uh, in this portion of the mock draft with the New York Jets selecting Derek Stingley Jr. Corner out of LSU. Six feet tall, 195 pounds. Probably the best recruit coming out of this uh, college lineup. Dare I say, probably the best corner right there. It's a coin toss there, too. There's some other good corners. Don't get me wrong. We know the Jets have to improve offensively and defensively. That offensive line seems to be fine for the Jets. It's intact. We got the running game established. That's intact. We got quarterbacks. That's intact. We got to have a weapon. We got to have a weapon with Drake London there and somebody to compliment him on defense with Derek Stingley Jr. Those are the first 10 picks of my mock draft. You have been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am the commission. We'll do this all again next week. But this is just a little something for you guys to have a taste of before we go further, deeper into the NFL because it's starting to cook. 
Before long, we'll be looking at OTAs. That's coming up in a month or two. But we'll start with this for now. Until we find out anything else in the free agency market, we'll just take this and ride this for a while. I will talk more about the NBA. You know I will. It's almost playoff time. And my Celtics are looking kind of nice. But without digressing much further, I just want to say thank you again to all those out there for listening to my show. It truly means that much to me. It really does. I thank you over and over again. All I want to do is get better. All I want to do is be entertaining for you guys. And I'm hoping I've done that for you all. So says the commission. I'm going to end that there. I wish everybody the best of weekends. Enjoy your time wherever you may be. I think the weather's going to warm up a little bit, but you know, I'm no meteorologist. What do I know? With that being said, just be safe, people, as I normally say. And I want to end it by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And I'm out.